Chapter 1. Purpose. Exodus 9.16. But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Life was meant to be lived on purpose. Why? Because you were made on purpose and for a purpose. Take that in. Deep breath. You are not an accident. The Almighty God of the universe created you and designed you down to the intricate details of of your being. His word says that he knows the amount of hairs on your head. Luke 12:7. The overwhelming majority of Christ's followers know their purpose. Yet most people let life pass them by, settling for purposelessness. Everyone has big goals, but few people accomplish those goals and get results. The difference is a choice. The choice to live a life of purpose. The choice is before us to step into a life of purpose or to let meaninglessness rule us. It all starts with our view of God. A.W. Tozer wisely claims that the most important thing about a person is what they think about when they think about God. Everyone reading this, myself included, needs to grow our view of God. This is something that should never stop. Scientifically, our brains are malleable and always changing based on what we fill our mind with. My argument is that we need to fill our lives with things that increase and grow our view of God. Life as a response. If our purpose is something that comes from God, then the opportunity to live a life of purpose is really a choice to respond to the purpose that God has placed in our lives. One of my favorite things to remind people of is that they are not an accident. Quite the opposite is true. God made you on purpose, for a purpose, and with a purpose. I can imagine the smile and excitement of God when He made you. Do you know where you are going? I live in South Florida, home of some of the world's worst drivers. Can I get an amen? To my point, I once drove behind a car that had their blinker on for at least five minutes. The problem is that this person never turned in the direction that their blinker was indicating. We've all been there before. It sure is frustrating to drive behind a person who puts on their blinker and proceeds to go straight, or even worse, turn the opposite way than their blinker is indicating. This example is so representative of the way we live our lives when we aren't operating out of our purpose. Sometimes we get so good at telling ourselves and the people around us the direction that we are heading, while all the while we aren't actually going in that direction at all. My point is this, your stated purpose may look different than the life you are actually living. This is a problem. The first problem is that we are deceiving ourselves. Additionally, we are misleading the people around us about what it looks like to live as a Christ follower. When you say that you are passionately following Jesus, that holds no value unless it is true. Your life is the evidence. If you do not know the word of God, never spend time in prayer, don't talk about your faith, never step foot in church, and aren't involved in a small group, then your stated direction holds no value. This leads to the truth that living on purpose requires intentionality. Following Christ also requires focus. Proverbs 4.27 challenges us to not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Author Joshua Medcalf loves to ask the question, what do you do with your 24? How you spend your time is the biggest indicator of what you actually value most. Your values can't be hidden. At the end of the day, 
Your values speak through your actions. If you claim that it is very important for you to spend time exercising and you rarely do so, you don't actually value exercising all that much. Part of time management is prioritizing what matters most to you. Leaning on your purpose allows for you to filter and determine the things that are the best use of your time. The process. A few years ago, trust the process was a mantra known throughout the sports world because of Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. I was an athlete at the time, playing college baseball. I fully bought into this mantra as an athlete. I truly believed, trained, and practiced as if I couldn't cheat the process. Now that I am no longer an athlete, I have realized that you cannot cheat the process of life, God's process. In the journey of life, there are two paths, a path of life and a path of death. Psalm 1 lays out these two paths for us and teaches us that the person who walks in the path of life is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Psalm 1-3 This is a beautiful picture of a person that is thriving in life. But how do we get there? Opposition on the journey When we make the choice to live on purpose, we are also making the choice to face opposition. If you are like me, then you are not a fan of contracts with secret scams hidden in them. To honor you then, I am going to be upfront with you. When we embrace the process of purpose, we are going to face opposition. Rather than telling you everything is going to be great and easy during your journey, I am affirming the opposite. It is not going to be easy. Maximize the moment. Last year, I got to be at a conference where John Maxwell shared a powerful word. His message was about the mindset of moment makers. In a room filled with so many different people in vocational ministry, it seemed like an appropriate topic. However, John uttered one powerful sentence that stuck with me. God can do more in one moment for people than we can do for someone in a whole Sunday service. I want to take that one step further and help you grow an eternal mindset. God can do more in one moment for people than we can do in an entire lifetime. If we fail to live with purpose, then we could be preventing the active work of God to show up in a person's life. One moment with God can change eternal destinies. One moment with God can turn a life around. So the stakes are high. If we fail to do what God has called us to do, then we can disrupt the work that he wants to do, not only in us, but through us. I need you to catch that. Going through life aimlessly and without direction is stunting our own growth and quite possibly disrupting others from having an encounter with God. The Bible teaches us that we are united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17 This means that God is actively at work in you. He wants to shape and mold you to be more like him. Plus, he wants to work through you. Paul truly understood this concept. Paul knew his purpose and he worked with all he had in him to accomplish it. He realized that God might use his life to usher someone into a moment with him. So Paul gave all he had to maximize the moment. Paul wrote this in Colossians. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Colossians 1.29 One amazing characteristic of Paul is that he truly believed there was nothing that God couldn't do. Paul experienced the transformative power that is only found in Jesus himself. And that just radiated through him. I am amazed by the conviction with which Paul operated. We can learn from him that purpose fuels passion. When you meet a person with sustained passion, 
Their fuel is purpose. I want to challenge you right now, wherever you are reading or listening, to live on purpose so that you might never miss a moment that God has prepared for you. Whether it is work that he wants to do in you or through you, may we be a people who are passionate about living on purpose and ushering in kingdom moments. Eyes open. Have you ever driven home from work and pulled into your driveway only to realize that you can't fully remember your drive home? Some repetitive actions in our life that we do so often become so ingrained in our memory that we often zone out when we perform them. We have all experienced this. Ironically, we walk through life like this sometimes too. Purposelessness allows us to sluggishly walk through life without any attention to detail or regard for the people around us. That's why it's a choice to live on purpose. Every day we encounter people, but do we really see them? Every day we talk to people, but do we really hear them? Every day we spend time with people, but do we really know them? One of my life mottos is that relationships matter most. I have a tendency to forget that everyone was made by God, uniquely and intentionally made with a purpose. If we really believe that no one is an accident and that everyone arrived here on purpose, then why do we stop there? If God made you on purpose, then he surely made you for a purpose. Don't wait another second. Step into purpose today. One of the most potent verses in the Bible is Matthew 13, 16. In Matthew 13, Jesus had just taught a parable to a massive crowd of people. Afterwards, Jesus' disciples asked him why he taught in parables. Jesus' answer is at first very theological, and then it becomes extremely personal. Jesus tells his disciples this profound statement, Blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Matthew thirteen sixteen. The significance of this statement is that the disciples were staring directly into Jesus' eyes while he said this. This moment gives me chills to think about. I truly believe that God is at work all around us, and we just need the eyes to see it. Are we looking for the moment? Are we doing everything in our power to make way for the Holy Spirit to move like only He can? Stated values. Lived values. What do you spend most of your time doing? Time is the tell-all of what our true values are. The problem is that most of our lived values don't line up with our stated values. Unfortunately, most of our stated values are irrelevant because they aren't actually manifesting in our lives. I'm writing this to tell you that the bridge between your stated values and your lived values is purpose. The cool part is that lived values have a name, virtues. When we decide to live according to our purpose, our values become virtues. Chris Carneal, the CEO of Booster, makes a point of this for every employee in his organization. Chris expects everyone on the entire Booster team to live out what their organization says they are about. He often says, we don't have company values, we have company virtues. This type of approach leaves no room for simple lip service. Far too many organizations have really appealing core values that people can read about on their walls and on their website, but these values are not embodied by the people that make up the organization. In addition, we as individuals tend to say that we have values that end up just being ideals and not actually lived. As a society, we've gotten really good at saying the right things, such as posting good verses or inspiring quotes, 
Despite these amazing stated values, however, there is a massive gap. We aren't living out these values. There's a massive gap between stated values and lived values. Stated values are simply ideals, while lived values are virtues fueled by purpose. Thus, it is my belief that you can build a bridge across the gap of stated values to lived values. That bridge is built by purpose. Just like God made you with purpose, he made you to live with purpose. Purposeful living is the difference between waking up every day set on fire and waking up with regret. Purpose in the pit. Oftentimes, I wonder how Joseph, Peter, Paul, and others were able to stay purposeful in a jail cell. I don't have all the answers, but I do have a few thoughts about what we can learn from their examples. Two lessons that stand out to me are maintaining perspective and focusing on the people around you. First, our purpose is enhanced in the pit because we are reminded of it through the clarity that we are provided with. Typically, when we are in the pit, we are focused on survival. Science teaches us that when we are in survival mode, our focus turns toward that which is most important. This happened to me a few years ago. When I was in my junior year at college, I experienced severe mental health issues. I was severely anxious, depressed, and was plagued with suicidal thoughts. I immediately went into survival mode. While I felt paralyzed and helpless in so many basic functions of life, such as eating and sleeping, my time and focus all went towards the thing that I held in my life as most important. I prayed and worshipped more than I ever had before in my life. I grew my love for writing and worked harder than I ever had at baseball. Second, I'm a firm believer that God is in the business of uniquely positioning us. It's never God's fault when we don't live purposely. It's our own fault. Anytime that we lose focus of what is most important in life, the people that God has placed around us to be in relationship with and to be Christ's ambassador to, it is a guarantee that we will not live purposefully. What we learn from these examples is that they chose to focus on the people that God had placed around them in the jail cell. In Acts 16, Paul chose not to leave the jail cell because he was committed to living out the purpose that God had placed on his life. He cared about the jailer that was about to take his own life. Rather than run for his own life, Paul knew this jailer and had compassion for him. Paul likely spent time with this jailer and everyone else in the jail cell because no one left when they had the opportunity to. Paul had a position of influence within a jail cell, and you don't think you can have an influence on your school campus, in your city, or in your department at work? I don't know for sure, but I bet Paul knew the name of this jailer and other prisoners. I bet he spent time listening to them and hearing their stories, all while pointing them to the love of Jesus. Why do I think this? Because of the evidence that Paul had a relationship with these people. We never gain influence without authentic relationships. And when we live purposefully, meaningful relationships will be at the top of our priority lists. All of this is because purpose is not built on comfort, but rather built upon serving others. Jesus modeled this for us, and the Gospel of Matthew records that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew twenty twenty eight. If the Creator of the universe chose to serve, then we ought to copy him. The truly abundant and meaningful life is not found in what we can get for ourselves, but what we can give of ourselves. 
by serving others. So while we do not wish for pits in life, they can be a source of enhancing our purpose. Your purpose is the foundation for a life of true flourishing. Let's continue the journey and dive into another word. All right, everyone. Hey, I know this was a different type of episode for the One Word Podcast, but I hope that you enjoyed me reading chapter one of the One Word book. I know that many of you listeners to the podcast have also purchased the book and read it for yourself, and uh, I hope that this was an exciting charge for you to actually hear me read it. I know a lot of you mentioned to me that you're more of an audiobook person, so I hope that you enjoy this little uh, bonus episode of me reading the book. And um, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that has supported me in this process. It's truly humbling uh, that I've been able to accomplish this dream that I've had to actually write a book. And so I just celebrated one year of the One Word Book. And I want to say thank you to you, readers and listeners, because uh, you're the reason I wrote this. God gave me this dream. God brought me through uh, these different life situations and trials and tests and experiences so that I could share this story of how God has moved in my life and encourage you. So I just want to say thank you, and I hope that you enjoyed this special episode of the One Word Podcast.